Welcome to the Law of Love podcast, where we discuss spirituality, personal development, energetics, and so much more. My name is Andrea Alejandre, and I'm here to amplify love and assist you in your self-healing journey. I'm glad our souls meet again. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Law of Love. We have a very special guest with us today. And in order for her to shine through and have her bring her full essence, I'm going to let her introduce herself. So, Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Tell us about you. Hi. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Um, my name is Jessica. I go by Jesse a lot, too. Um, not offended by either name. Um, but I am an intuitive astrologer and I help people really find their way back to their soul. Um, so a lot of people know their Zodiac sign, which is also their sun sign, um, and may or may not resonate with that. And both of that is totally fine. Um, but my goal really is to help people kind of have a language that helps support them, understand their essence, understand their personality, but also understand some of the deeper parts of themselves. Yeah. And there's so much to astrology. Like I was deep diving on your page and I'm, I'm like floored at how much, how many levels there are. Like, it's totally not just your sun, moon and rising. And I don't know that much about astrology. So I'm really, really thankful that you're here with us today because I'm hoping that this can be an informative episode for the listeners, but then definitely for myself as well. So before we dive deep, I kind of want to know, can you explain what an intuitive astrologer actually is? Because that sounds marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I gotta be honest, part of it is like, there's so many astrologers now on Instagram and a lot of them are really, really, really great. Um, but there's also like a lot of fake accounts and things like that. So really trying to stand out on my astrology account, astrology website, all of that, but truly like I, so astrology to me is a science. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're really, it's, which sounds silly to some people, right? Um, like my parents would laugh at me if I, if I said that, but it really is, it's like one of the most ancient sciences. Um, and it's looking at the stars. There's a lot of geometry and math involved, which scares some people away. But for me, it's like the most logical mystical thing there is. but it's an art and a science. And so that's where really the intuitive piece comes in because so much of what I do is so intuitive. You can look up, you know, every single sun sign and there's going to be kind of some black and white characteristics. And while that's true, that manifests for every single person really individually. And so when I'm doing my readings and courses, I really lean on my intuition a lot more and I'm growing more and more into that because everyone's different, right? Every Leo is going to be different. Every Aries is going to be different. And there's so much more to that. And I really do tap into when I'm doing, especially one-on-one work, the other people's energy and figure out kind of where they're at in their journey. Um, because the other thing is your, your birth chart, it never changes, but obviously you change. And so right. you're, you're always evolving. And so it's really important to have that, um, that art piece and that intuitive piece to really figure out kind of where that person's at in their journey. Um, because that's going to be really different for everyone too, of course. Oh my gosh. That's absolutely beautiful. I love that. So I know thus far, I know my moon, my sun and my, or yeah, my moon, my sun and my rising, but I yep, have the big no three. idea what they mean. And so my son is a Sag and I keep hearing from a lot of astrologers, like you're such a Sag, like you are a total Sag. And I'm like, I don't, to know what that means. Like I'm outgoing, I'm fine, cool. And then my moon is in cancer. And so 
one of my um when a dear friend who does astrology she was like that's why you're so moody all the time and i was like offended like i was confused because i didn't understand where the correlation was um and then my rise rising yes my rising is in yep. um aquarius and of course i'm like i don't understand how i can be all three at once but then like not resonate with all of them fully I, it just it, can you like dive deep into which one means what and how it presents in like our day-to-day -day lives just explain a bit more that would be awesome absolutely i love that so much um do you do you resonate with one more than the other it's so funny because i am such a sag like i can feel my sag but then um aquarius is very spiritual right like it's very woohoo it's very mystical and i feel like more than anything i resonate with a lot of the aspects of aquarius but then there's some like personality types in aquarius that i'm like that's not me but then that might be my ego trying to be like i feel sane <laughs> i don't like it and then i really struggle with my moon because it's the only sign that's like completely opposite in my chart and it's like the moments where i need to dive deep and go into my little burry hole and not come out because I just need to like replenish and recover. And so, yeah. And that was in, in cancer. Yes. Yeah. Cancer. I was like, I have no idea. I need to write these down. Um, so my husband's a cancer as well. And I'll like see things in him that like trigger me and I can, I can, I can relate that it's probably something that I see within myself. So I, I, again, there's aspects to everything that I can like see but then I don't actually know like is one more my personality or is one more how I present myself like what are the differences which one should I lean on the most which one should I like try and um, you know dive deep and understand the most yeah oh my gosh all such good questions and like you said astrology is so complex so there's you know I'm going to kind of share like the high level but once people kind of understand that it's very easy to get to the next level and then the next. And so there's kind of like a baseline, but then it, yeah, it, it just, I feel like it spirals so quickly and you start to really kind of get to know it all. But with like Sagittarius, I totally see that with you. You said, you know, you live in a van, it's very like experiential and travel and it, it's sharing. And so anyone that has a podcast, I swear has like Sag Gemini energy <laughs> because it's like storytelling and sharing truth and teaching and these very like, communicative and sharing type energies. And so that's very Sag to me as well. But Aquarius and Sag is actually, well, I would say everything is spiritual. Like every single Absolutely. sign has their own type of spirituality. Yeah. Um, Sagittarius is very philosophical. So it's like understanding oh, different girl, religions, so understanding different cultures, understanding that piece where Aquarius, Aquarius actually like rules astrology. So it's, it's more this, it's almost more the systems. Mm. um in a different way but it rules like human design that's that's more aquarius whereas sagittarius is going to be exploring like the different religions and philosophies behind that does that make sense um yeah. so they're they're similar but different um aquarius is also um like it aquarius is the most difficult to define because their whole point is to be unique and rebellious so no to aquarius are going to be the same. And so that's going to show up really different for everyone. But the whole point is to kind of shift the status quo, which I feel like you're doing in a lot of ways by sharing your truth, which is Sagittarius, sharing through this podcast, sharing your journey. Um, that's very Aquarius to me as well. But your cancer is like 
cancer is ruled by the crab. And so there's like a hard shell, but soft on the inside. And that's why it can be kind of moody because it's like, you can't really just to other people, you might have this hard shell, but then all of a sudden you're like, well, why didn't you know that I was feeling this way? Um, but it's because you do have this hard shell and really soft ooey gooey insides, but cancer's yeah, cancer is like such a complex one. It's, it's a water sign. It's very emotional to have that as a moon sign. I have listened to parts of your podcast, like with your relationship with your mom. And I think the moon sign also represents your mother. Um, and it's how you nurture and how you want to feel nurtured. And so there's a lot there to like, I think it sounds like you have a, a less favorable relationship relationship with your cancer moon. And I think that could stem also from, from that like lineage as well. Um, but also it's really beautiful that your husband's a cancer because it, he can kind of reflect back like the goodness of it as well, um, yeah. because it is such a nurturing sign, but like it's your emotional body. So it, it needs to really feel nurtured. It's oh very sensitive. I'm obsessed. I could talk to you forever. Um, Wow. I'm like mind blown right now. Like this is, you're speaking truth and it like, it's like validating to my core. So on a more generic level, how to, how do the sun and rising and moon present themselves? So if like, if you're just listening and you know them, so what does each one mean? Right. Yeah. And so you also asked, um, like which one to like kind of lean into more and truly all parts of your chart, even beyond sun, moon, and rising, I see as equals. And so each one, so sun, moon, rising, and then all of the other planets kind of represent like different characters in your life, almost like they're different parts of who you are. They're different parts of your psyche. And so in certain experiences and certain times in your life, even one may present more dominantly than another, and the other may take a back burner. So part of that kind of depends on the cycles, I would say, but sun, moon, and rising are, su- they, they're popular because they're such a big part of your day to day. So your sun, it is your ego. Um, it's your identity though. And so it's, it's also the one that gets tracked the most because it aligns more or less with the months of the calendar year. Oh. And so that's where you see zodiacs and horoscopes and things like that, because it's very easy to say every single person born, you know, in like the first half of March is a Pisces. And so everyone can, it doesn't really matter what year you're born. It doesn't really matter what time. It's very easy to collectively understand that. Um, but also it represents a huge part of your personality and identity. So it's common for people to resonate with that the most. Whereas if we were to say, oh, where's your Mars? That is different depending on time, year, all the things. And so you're not going to be able to know that that well. And it's a very, you, you, you may not relate with that all the time in your life. Now, when you understand your Mars though, then you're going to be like, oh my God, yeah, that's so me. But sun really does. It's, it's a very dominant piece of the chart. Um, people usually resonate with it, but it does depend on the rest of the chart as well. And kind of how that energy is balanced. Um, the moon is your emotional body. And so that's a really good one to get in touch with. Um, but a lot of people maybe don't love getting in touch with that. Yeah. Girl, I'm scared. Um, obviously yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, we need to be able to understand our emotions to also effectively communicate and be in partnership and live in this world. Because if our emotional needs are not met, that's usually where things don't go how we want them to go or whatever. Right. We, we need to be seen and heard and to understand your emotional body is just like the greatest, greatest gifts because it's like, oh, they're not mean. They're just 
detached and they process it intellectually, or they're super sensitive and they don't have words to put to their emotions, but they are feeling deeply. And so I feel like it's really good to understand your own emotional body. So you can share that with people close to you, but also like to understand people who are close to you, like whether it's um, a partner, a parent, a child, um, friends, really close friends, like to understand their emotional body is such a gift as well, because you can really understand where they're coming from emotionally. Um, yeah. So that's a big, big one. And then rising is rising is also known as the ascendant. And so you'll see those used interchangeably. They're the same thing. Um, and it's literally, um, the sign that was rising on the horizon when you were born. So if you were to look at the sunrise, that's what the sign that's the sign it was in. Um, and so with that, it's what you're rising here to be. So some people will say it's what you, how you present yourself in some ways where people may actually, like, if you were to ask someone to guess your sign, sometimes it may be that people guess you're rising over your sun because it's kind of the way you, you show up and present yourself. It's this outer facing piece of you, but also spiritually it's part of your soul purpose. Um, and it's part of what you're rising here to be. I see in children, them coming into this world, actually quite confident they're rising. And then society comes in and like, you no longer like you're rising and you, you totally move away from it. And so then you spend this whole entire life in your human body, like trying to come back to the rising. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is fascinating. Yes. So now since you brought up soul's purpose, could you also explain to me what the North and the South node are? Because I feel like they have recently exploded. Everyone's talking about them, but again, I'm like, I have no idea what it actually means or how to implement it in my day-to-day -day lives or, you know, just even like, does it even, does it even matter? You know, like, is it something that we should look into? So I would love to hear your take on that. Yes. It's so funny. Cause yeah, I do feel like it's blowing up a little bit more now and North and South node and really like the soul level piece of astrology is my jam. Like that's where, what I love. I can tell you all about sun, moon and rising. And I, I love to validate people and have them feel seen, but it's, it's, it's surface level. It's just like, okay, this is great. Now, now what, what does that mean for my life? Um, and so with the North and South node, it, it, it really is your sole purpose. So the North node is what you are growing into throughout your life. And truly like it's, you're not going to master it by 20, 30, 40, 50. Like it is a lifelong journey to get there. And the South node is depending on what you believe it's past lives but it's also really what you're comfortable with. And the North and South node are always directly opposite each other. So if you think of it like a, I guess a seesaw or something like that, right. It, you're going to like lean back and forth kind of throughout your life. But it, as you get older and go through life lessons and, and all of these things, theoretically, you should be moving more and more into your North node, which is what your soul really came here to learn and master and grow into the South node is yeah, it's comfort zone. It's, it's, it's things that you, it can be gifts. It's things you've experienced and things you're naturally good at. And so it can also be a crutch because if you feel very comfortable with it, it's very easy to stay there and be like, Oh, like this must be my sole purpose because I'm not actually good at it, but really it's the other end of the spectrum. It's, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. You're moving into that opposite energy, which is on the same astrological axis. So it has very similar themes, but you really want to be moving more into the North node. And 
there's lots of other things in a chart that can say like how that happens for you or how you can lean into that more, but understanding what your North and South node are, I really do feel like, again, it's, it's, it's validating, but in a really different way than the sun, moon and rising, because it's not like, this is who you are. It's more like, I knew I was here to do something, didn't know what it was. It's not, you know, traditionally you, a lot of people are like, Oh, what, what's my sole purpose? That must be my career. Yeah, and for some people it could be, yeah, it, it can be, it can be, but it can be to make a lot of money. So you have to have a good career or it can be to, um, have children. It can be to learn about your emotions, which people always love that one. Right. Like, but it, it can be so many different things for you to, to move through. Um, but it's, um, gosh, it's like, one of my favorite things to unpack in a chart. Um, and I do, I do full readings just on sole purpose, North node, South node. Oh my gosh. So much to unpack. I'm going to have to book with you because I am so fascinated. And what I'm hearing you say is that sometimes in astrology, we tend to focus on kind of like the tools that we came here with, even though we have access to more of a roadmap of where we're supposed to go. Is that, is that accurate? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. That is just like fascinating. And I just looked it up. My North node is in Libra and my South node is in Aries. And I've read a few times that I'm supposed to be more like independent because I've been very community oriented, but I've felt so much resistance to like letting go of community because I feel like I'm constantly looking for community. Like that's why I started this podcast. That's why I do what they, what I do is to find my community and surround myself with people that I, I love, and I can give love and receive love from. So, um, is it more like these are, these are like very large picture or are they more applicable to -to day-to-day lives? Like, how do you see them interwining with our life? Yeah, it's really, really big picture. And I, I want to see your chart because I also do, can you see what houses they're in? Because they are, are big, so big picture. They're it's so much part of a bigger story in your right. chart. And so we can always isolate things. We can say North node in Libra, South node in Aries. That generally means this. I have posts on this, but not everyone's going to resonate with this because it's going to be in a different house. It's going to be aspecting things different. Um, I've gotten a lot of questions on my South node post recently about like, but my sun signs there, but my rising sign is there. So how am I supposed to like, let that go when it's also part of my identity, when it's also part of my, what I'm here to rise into. And so it gets so layered so quickly. Right. And so you might have, so you're, you said your South nodes in Aries, right? Yes. And North nodes in Libra. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you've, you've lived lives and it, it can be from childhood too, where there's this required, required to be independent. You have this, this it's Aries is the warrior. It's also, um, the energy it's, it's what starts spring. So it's very like, it's creative energy in that way, where it's like birthing something new. It's like that start of a new it's, it starts spring in in the Northern hemisphere. Um, so it's also this like starting projects, et cetera, things like that. Um, but it's very independent, right? Where Libra is complete opposite and it is, it's, it's marriage, it's harmony, it's balance. And so moving into, to that piece, which I feel like that's why I want to see your chart, because I feel like you, you kind of resonate with Libra pretty well already. So you might have some other placements there or the way your houses are lined up. Um, but day to day, like there's with the nodes, like there's nothing 
do. And that's what like, I, I have actually been like moving. I think a lot of my teachings more to that, where it's almost like, okay, learn astrology, learn about your chart, but then like detach from it because people get so worked up and trying to be like, okay, what do I need to do here, here, and here? But with your North node, like you're going to move into it. It's, it's part of what you're here to do. And you're like, you're quite young, right? Like how have you, do you know if you've hit your Saturn return yet? That was actually going to be my next question because I'm 20, I'm about to be 27 in December and your girl is terrified. So like astrologically, we can talk about the Saturn return too, but I I just asked that for the, the North node because it's like such a coming of age. And so the nodes are just so foreign until you even start to move through your Saturn return. And Mm. you're so kind of ahead of the game, which honestly, I feel like a lot of this generation is like, there's so many people in their early twenties now that find astrology. Whereas I feel like a post previously it was, you had to go through your Saturn return, this huge awakening, and then you found it, but you guys are like ahead of the game kind of, I feel like, which is great, but there's still such a, there's just, you just have to live life kind of thing to get to that point. Um, but with Aries, yeah, it's, it's releasing any of that need to be like on my own, you know, I do, I feel like as a kid, you would have been like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like, leave me alone. That kind of vibe. Um, so anything where you feel like you can do it on your own, you can, but you don't have to. And that's what you're learning. Oh, okay. So I had them flipped then it was, I'm here to find community, which actually makes a lot more sense now. See, this is why I need you in my life. Um, wow. I'm just so in awe that this is all so like, even though it's not necessarily something that maybe shows up in my day-to-day life, it is really reflective of my day-to-day decisions and actions. Because for a long time, even with this podcast, I was like, I'm going to do it on my own. I don't need any help. And then once I asked for help, it exploded. It got like so much bigger it got better and like even in my marriage and my relationship I used to be so independent especially in the beginning and my husband would get frustrated he's like I know you don't need help but I want to help like let me help you and the second I released that attachment to like I can do it like Miss Independent used to be my song that I would sing to myself because I thought I was that boss bitch right but then I released that, that. is Aerie South note <laughs> right <laughs> I released that in our relationship seriously just got so much better. And I see this in my friendships. I see this even when I was, you know, finishing my undergrad, like trying to do things on my own versus fine, I'll get a study buddy, even though it used to drive me crazy thinking that I needed, I needed someone else, right? Like there's that ego again of like, oh, I don't need anyone. So thank you so much for explaining that. That is, that fills my heart. So let's, let's dive deep into what you said about Saturn return. And I agree that this like new generation, this new wave of like star seeds that are coming through are so just powerful. Like they know what's up and I am still, I'm technically still a millennial. I think, I don't know. I'm not sure how this works, but even then I think what we're seeing is yes, we're so much further ahead of the game, but also we're diving so much deeper so quickly. And so even though I have been in my spiritual awakening for, you know, almost 10 years now. I've been through so many dark nights of the soul and back where I legit thought I was going to die. And I was like, I thought this was only supposed to happen when I'm going through my Saturn return. Like what is happening right now? And so now I'm like terrified because everybody talks about the Saturn return. Like it's such a terrible, horrendous time. And I'm like, I've been through that. I don't want to go back. Okay. So I have so much to say about all of this. And I, again, I love how much you're already like evolving. Nothing in astrology should scare anyone. 
Like that's, that drives me crazy. And that's, I love that the internet has blown up around astrology and people have access to it, but I hate the like fear mongering piece of it or the like making fun of different signs piece of it. And don't get me wrong. Like there's a high road and low road to everything. And there's plenty of people that embody the low road and that's great to make fun of if you want, but it's such a beautiful, again, art and science and there's just so much to it. So Saturn return, it is a coming of age. And so it can be hard. Saturn is the planet of life lessons and not everyone likes lessons, right? And so you have to be, and I feel like with your Sag and if you have Gemini, people with those types of energies are more open to like learning and experiencing life. But if you have like a lot of earth energy or like yeah, energy, really earth energy, or just kind of are comfortable with like the status quo, then you're going to be terrified of your Saturn return. Cause you just know that there's going to be something that kind of allows your life to pivot. Now, what I will say is if you are already kind of following your intuition, following kind of your soul's journey, your soul purpose and towards your true North, your Saturn return is the biggest blessing because it will essentially like reward you, but that reward can still feel hard in some ways, because it might mean something leaving your life, which feels hard, but it could be something coming in as well, either way. Um, And if you're not really following kind of your path, it doesn't have to be scary. It's not like, oh my gosh, everyone like that's between 20 and 27 right now needs to like figure out their life. That's not what it is, but it redirects you. And so I think of it as like, the universal kind of like throw stones at you. And a lot of people listen to those and start kind of pivoting that way. But by your Saturn return, if you're not listening to those stones, it's just going to throw a boulder. And so that's going to not feel as good. Um, and so it doesn't have to be scary, but it is a time usually of a lot of endings and beginnings because there are these big things in life that are pretty concrete that have to happen. So you'll see babies coming in and out of the world, marriages and divorces, jobs coming and going, for me, I'm towards the end of mine. I'm actually a little bit still in mine. And so there was a lot of emotional change for me. Um, my Saturn and moon are actually touching. So I had like a really complex Saturn return as well, but I also, it's when I had my first baby, we moved into our new home and I started full-time in the career that I wanted to do, which was be an astrologer. I love my old job. And so it was the hardest couple years of my life because I had to make huge changes, but also it's exactly where I'm supposed to be now. So it's nothing to fear, but it can be hard. Yeah. And what is the like typical age frame? Like when does it start slash end? Yeah, it's 28 to 30 ish. I'm going to try not to get too much into the astrology, but there's 30 degrees in each sign. And so Saturn's currently like halfway through Aquarius. And so there's some people that will have had like a zero degree Saturn and other people that will have a 29 degree Saturn. The Saturn is very, very far from the 29 degree Saturn, but the zero degree Saturn's almost uh, zero degree Aquarius is almost over. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, it, it'll fluctuate a little bit depending, depending on, on where in the chart, but generally speaking, it's between 28 and 30. And if you want to be really comfortable, 27 and 31. <laughs> so it'll oh. be that, that big chunk of time. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting that you mentioned children because have you heard of spirit babies? Yes. (laughs) So I have been, I I do, um, shamanic journeying and I am 
in the works of becoming a hopefully shaman of the Essene way here pretty soon. And in one of my shamanic journeys, there has been my daughter and she keeps coming through and like, I'm getting so nervous because this is the first time I've talked about I'm it on the chills. podcast. I'm getting chills. She's probably here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she has been coming through a lot and she has been telling me to prepare my body. And I've heard this from other people as well, but when you experience it, it's like a full different, just wave of emotion and wave of change. So I actually have completely changed my diet completely changed my lifestyle um there's so much of of me that has changed and she keeps telling me that it's coming she's like it's coming and when I ask her like more timeline she always says towards the end of my Saturn return she will be here and so I think part of my like part of my my you know not that I'm scared or frightened, but part of this like anticipation and angst around it is also knowing that this is going to be a huge shift in my identity and losing that part of myself that is not a mother, losing that part of myself that identifies as this free spirited soul is going to evolve into a new version of me. But then I've even already started to notice like little shifts in just the way that my my energetic body is prepping to go into this state of releasing relationships, releasing my own, you know, parts of my identity that were so closely attached to me and were so integrated into who I thought I was and who I thought I needed to be. So this is really exciting. And thank you for clarifying that because that actually makes me feel really excited now instead of like mortified. Yeah. And like I said, it, it, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, of course it's going to be growth, wherever there's growth, there's challenges. Right. Um, and for you, I love like, so you with your Sag and Aquarius, it's so independent and self-known in Aries about freedom. And so having like a human to take care of can be terrifying. And so understanding that, like that shift already is going to help prepare you so much, but you have a, you have a cancer moon. You are literally here to nurture. Um, you're such a natural nurturer. So it's going to, Oh, so beautiful. That makes a lot of sense too, because when I think of like my life's purpose and my life's mission and my spirit guides have said this as well, when I go into my shamanic journeys, I'm like, what am I here to do? Like, what am I supposed to do? And they have said in everything that I do, my mission is to amplify love and always and forever in, in this lifetime, it will solely be to amplify love. So regardless of where I am in my job or where I am in my career or my life, my my goal is to amplify love and, and build community. So is that, that aspect of community. But speaking of children, I know that you have, you call him your aqua boy, right? Or your, what, what do you call him? Something <laughs> yeah, I think cute. that, yeah. Um, oh my gosh. So literally so many things, but I think on my Instagram, I put aqua baby or aqua boy. Um, cause he, yeah, he's an Aquarius. He has so much Aquarius energy. So, so much, um, all February, 2021 babies are just like, I swear part alien or something like they're all really? just so, so spiritual. These little like gurus, um, they have so much Aquarius energy and just here to change the world in, in so many ways. Um, but yes, I do. He just turned one in February, which is crazy. So exciting. So I wanted to tie this into one of the offerings that you have, because I think that this is brilliant and it's probably going to save so many children from having to grow up and like heal all of the trauma that their parents just didn't know any better. So 
you offer astrology for parents and or guardians. And I wanted you to go into how important it is for us to be aware of our own children's, you know, astrology sign, how they come compared to us. Obviously, I don't have children yet. So I would love for you to speak more on this and, you know, how it came to you to like offer this because I, I was reading it and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I can't wait to have a kid so I could go through this and like really learn how to how to be a parent in the best way that I can for this specific child. Yes. Oh my gosh. Again, I have so much to say about all of this, but that really was birthed from, from me having a child. Um, and I, I do actually have a, a background in education. So I worked with elementary school students and I feel like even for teachers, um, it, it, and we're moving into this whole new age of education in general, which is like not a tangent I need to go down right now, but that also, like, I feel like anyone working with children in any way, shape or form to have this. And, you know, we have some, some people that know Myers-Briggs and we'll cater to that. And how many different like corporate companies use different personality type tests, right? And are like, oh yeah, they process this different. They process that different. And that's great. But those are all like self-done tests and you can manipulate that however you want. Like your astrology chart is your astrology chart. That's who you are. And so to be able to cater to that is uh, in just every aspect of life, but obviously for children is just like the most, I think, important thing, because obviously also our children are the next generation. They are the future. They are the future of our world. And that obviously is an important thing as well. And so as a parent, you lose your identity completely. It completely evolves into a million different things. And to be able to understand your child's chart, like for me, the first piece of it, that's helpful. Cause my kids, he's one. And so, yeah, I, I'm teaching him some things, but he's just in such an exploratory phase. I don't need to really like do much with like it's just he is who he is I can't fully you know communicate in English yet we communicate in different ways but right now the, the biggest gift for me as a new mom was understanding his moon and rising because that is the sun yes it's our identity and our personality and that I can see his Aquarius piece of him but the moon and the rising is really what I feel like children are the most tapped into and really show up in this world because rising, they literally come into this world that way. And then their moon is their emotional body. And all kids do to communicate is cry. So you have to understand that. Um, and it was the greatest gift for me to understand his moon and rising because it gave me permission to let go of certain things. I, as a, as a new mom, you know, I, I read all the books, read all the blogs was like, this is how it has to be blah, 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 which is actually so unlike me. I, I normally am like, I'm going to do it my own way. And I don't really care. I have an Aquarius, I have a lot of Aquarius energy as well. And Sag. So it's like, funny to me that I did that with parenting, but it's so scary to try to raise a human. So I was like, I'm going to follow all the rules. I'm going to read all the things. And then when I, when his, when he was born and we got his birth time and I, I saw his birth chart, I was like, this kid is so different. Like <laughs> I can't do any of those things. And it just gave me as a mom permission to like, let go of so many rules that I was like already imposing on my child that like it wasn't even born yet. And so that is a gift for parents. But then as they, as they age and evolve, as they're going to school or, or starting to learn and explore the world, it's so important to start to, to nurture like their interests. And some kids are going to want to sit and read a book. Other kids are going to go want to climb on the monkey bars. Other kids are going to want to talk to adults and like learn that way. And there's just so many different ways and to give them permission to be themselves 
and understand that about themselves. I just feel like I'm just so passionate about that being the future. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. And I, I highly encourage anyone who's listening, if you have children, please, please either sign up for this program or do your own research, because I think that this is really the time where we can start to integrate a lot of the stuff that we're learning about ourselves, right? Like right now, it's been a very introspective journey of like, how can I help myself? How can I heal myself? But if we can integrate this and start teaching it to our children at a very young age, our future is just going to be so bright and we can really bring heaven on earth, which would just be amazing. So speaking of the future, I want to actually dive into a little bit of a deeper topic and, you know, share whatever comes to mind. I can tell that you're very, very in tune. Um, obviously that you're an intuitive, intuitive astrologer, but you're very in tune with energy and I really would love to take, get your take on what's happening with the world right now, how long it's going to be this hectic and chaotic, why it feels like we can just not catch a break and kind of what's going on on in like the astro- astrological realm and why we're feeling it so much. Like I feel like everyone is going through their own version of ego death consistently. And then of course we're getting all of this like crap being bombarded at us. So if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about, about that. Yeah. The shortest answer to that is like, we are in it, right? We all know that (laughs) we are just in the middle of it. And so, um, you know, there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on collectively. Um, we, gosh, so in 2020 is when like everyone's world shifted, right? sometime around then. And leading up to 2020, you, or in 2020, people will say, um, no one could have predicted this, blah, blah, blah. Astrologers predicted all of this. Um, and so, or intuitives and people in tune with energy and all of that, like we were just on the, the, every single large transit that can happen. So transits are like the way that planetary, the, the planets move, um, every single like big thing that could happen started to happen in 2020 and will continue to happen through 2027 pretty much that's not to say that things are going to be i don't even know the word right it's it's not back to normal we're never going back to normal i think we can all agree on that it's not that type of energy it's like this 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 new way of being completely and we are moving into the aquarian age which is a thing um but it's it's different than kind of the, the day-to-day astrology that are these really, really big transits. And so um, I, I do actually have, I don't, I don't even think I'm selling this anymore, but I have like 2021, 2022 workshops where I go through all of the individual transits. And let me tell you, it is just, there's so many that I'm not even going to like be able to begin to break down on this podcast, but a couple of the things that are happening. Um, and I actually, so coming back to the nodes, which is the North and South node individual soul purpose. Those are always moving and those are in the sky right now. And if someone was born today, they'd be born with, with the North and South node where they are today. But collectively that also impacts everything. And so the South node recently switched into at the beginning of 2022, switched into Scorpio and the North node into Taurus. And also these are communicating. It's called aspecting. They're kind of communicating with the planet of Uranus and Saturn. And then Pluto is also going through a whole lot of stuff right now 
ending its, its journey in Capricorn. And so essentially every single system and structure that exists in today's society is being tested and will crumple. And we have seen that in a lot of ways, right? The way we operate, no matter who you are, what you do, you are not living life today the same way you were living in 2019, guaranteed. And so that's all changed. And, but it's these massive mass systems and structures that every time we think it's kind of crumbled, we find a new layer of like how systemic it is and how much it's not working for us and how it's interwoven with these other pieces. And so we're still in the crumbling phase and we will get to a rebuilding phase, but the rebuilding is also challenging, right? right. Like we're, we're kind of like, so because Pluto's involved, Pluto's death and rebirth. And it literally, it burns to ashes before it rises. And so we can't have like anything left. And we're, we still have stuff left that we're trying to figure out collectively. And that looks again, really different for every single person, but that's kind of the gist. And I hope I didn't scare people too much, but it's just kind of where we're at. And I've heard in, in different realms. So not, not even astrology, but like in other ways and other things that I'm, I'm involved in, it's, it's really hearing the same numbers over and over again. And it's beautiful to watch them repeat itself with things that aren't even that quote unquote, aren't correlated, but of course it's all correlated. And what I've really heard, which has brought me a lot of comfort, is knowing that when you are on the path, when you are doing things the right way, it's almost like um, like a shield or like bumpers for yourself, because even though the world will shake and crumble and things are going to loosen and fall, if you're standing in your own power and you're standing in your own sovereignty, you will be able to surpass all of these you know, massive destruction, uh, the massive destruction that is happening to society as a whole. And I found that this is really going to be the time where we're coming back to community, where we're coming back to our own individual selves and strengths and love between, you know, smaller groups and how we can help build each other up is really going to be in our own communities so that we can make the society as a whole thrive. And it might take some time, but I mean, we've heard this over and over and over again. There's spiritual warfare happening that's affecting us now. And until we can surpass all of this and get to the point where there is more good than bad, it's not going to be very, it's not going to be very fun for us. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to be possible to come out on the other side and be triumphant and be good and bring heaven on earth and start growing from a place of, you know, love and spirituality and self you know, growth and development, which of course makes perfect sense that this is like the Aquarian age or whatever, um, when we're rising into this next dimension. So I, have you heard of raw, the law of one? I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So they, um, they talked about that a lot and we were already in this fourth dimensional state, which is very much the in-between, but like, where are we, where do we want to go? What's working and what's not. So when, in your opinion, when would the crumbling quote unquote phase be over? Is that 2027? Yeah, I think maybe sooner, maybe sooner. Um, and I will say, so 2022, while there are, there's a lot of turbulence, ups and downs, um, there is a lot more hope. And I feel like a lot of people moving into 2022 felt lighter. There was like, 
so much darkness. And I feel like even though we're still in the darkness, you can like see the light now. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is in April of this year, we do have a really beautiful conjunction in Pisces. Um, Saturn's going to be moving into Pisces. Um, and so there's a lot of this more hopeful energy, um, but there can be some deception there too. It's, it's kind of two sides of the same coin there. And so we're, we are moving into to some of, yeah, that hope, but the, the crumbling there's so much, I would say a little bit early, maybe, maybe like 2025. So Pluto is at the end degrees of Capricorn. And this isn't the only thing that's representing the systems and structures um, and the darkness, but it's a big part of it. Um, And it's actually directly impacting. So the, every um, country, every event also has a chart. And so you have a personal chart, but the United States has a chart. Um, And the United States is obviously a big part of how the world operates. And so the United States is actually going through their Pluto return. So not only is Pluto at the end of Capricorn, which represents system structures, big business, big banks, government, everything crumbling, but it's directly impacting the US's birth chart, which is really interesting and like, a whole thing in itself. Um, but it's not uncommon. And again, this isn't to like scare anyone because I don't think it's going to look the same way as history has, but most civilizations end on their Pluto return. And so the way the U S as we know it exists will change because you, you just, you don't get out of a Pluto return. It happens every 250 years. And if you look up 250 year civilizations, that's about how long they all last. It's aligned with the Pluto return. Um, and so we're literally in that right now and Pluto will move into Aquarius. I need to check, but it's 2024, 2025 timeframe. And I think when Pluto moves into Aquarius, I mean, we're going to be it's going to be even more crumbled than it is now in a lot of ways, but that's where it may feel like we're turning the page and moving more into that Aquarius energy, which we've experienced a little bit with Saturn and Aquarius. Um, but it's a lot of what you're talking about and it's these local communities and really kind of, it's, it's no longer this hierarchical structure system. It's so much more like this almost like hippie. Yeah. Like we are all one, like we provide food for each other. We all help each other. We don't need to all like wake up in the morning, leave our children, go to work, to work a job we don't like, but like none of that will exist anymore. Um, and that will, I think, begin to, we're technically on the like other side of the Pluto return. It happened exact in February. So technically we're kind of moving through that, but it's so long that I think we won't really feel it until 2024, 2025. So what comes after for the United States? And now I'm like super intrigued by the United States chart, of course, but what comes after this, this phase? Like what is the next big step? So you said being in communities is how we're going to see it. How do you think that we will see it as a society, as like big world picture? Oh, goodness. Um, that's, I know that was a big one. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, so big picture, long-term, I think, I mean, I even said this um, and feel free to edit whatever you want of this. I don't know like what's fully appropriate. I said after this president, I don't, I think this may be our last president. Potentially. Okay. And in terms of that as well, um, just like the government will not exist in the way that it does. And so um, there's a lot moving that needs to happen to get there. Yeah. Um, they're like the South Node in Scorpio, there's deep, deep, deep corruption and, and wounds. And Scorpio is, is the underworld. It's secrets. It's, it's 
the it's the bad taboo it's the good taboo it's all all the yucky stuff that no one wants to even believe um that is what will happen over the next 18 months um and so that's kind of the next step um and more and more reveal of systems and structures that don't work within that. So even like when the nodes were in Gemini and Sagittarius, it was um, when a lot of people, no matter what your view is, like people agreed that like the voting system needs a rehaul. Right. Yeah. So that's like a system. Yeah. So that those types of little pieces of the bigger system will continue to be like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. Like taxes don't work. Our um, supply chain doesn't work. Um, the way that we feed ourselves doesn't work. The way we consume water doesn't work. Um, all of these things like are gonna all have their their time to shine, I guess. But they'll all need to be kind of exposed, and that's for, in a very Scorpio like it's exposing all of these things. Um, but it's also a lot of power struggles. Um, I mean, we're already like. I mean, I guess now um, we're already at war in a way. Um, and so there's a lot, but there is a lot of war energy that we're moving into both internationally, but also civil war type energy. Um, and that's all very par for the course with like what the transits we're moving into. And so there's going to be, you know, two sides, but like we're moving through this view of duality as well. Like that's part of it too. And there doesn't have to be two sides you know, there's different views and different ways to look at things. That's very Aquarian, but it's not this like just two sides kind of thing. Um, so all of that has to start to shift, but I truly like within your, my lifetime, I, I don't think the, the government will exist. There will be yeah. a different way of, I guess, law in a way, like there still needs to be structures and systems to be able to like operate all together as a community, but it's going to be much more, like you said, like local. Right. I heard on Sahara Rose's podcast, um, your highest self or highest self podcast. She said something that really resonated with me. That was, she believes that this generation will be the last one to experience war in the capacity that we have before. And that in my soul felt so accurate and so true and so good, right? Because we were just talking about this new generation, this new wave of souls that has incarnated on this plane at this time. So not a coincidence. The law of one talks about the wanderers and the star seeds. I mean, this is really the full body chills right now with everything. Yeah, Yeah, girl, same. Um, This is really the time. And there's no, there's absolutely no coincidence in the fact that you're here and I'm here and that we're able to speak our truth in this way and be so free and open and having these conversations where the opposite of this is fear-mongering, is bringing people down, is bringing this vibration down and scaring people into submission, where I think that even though these conversations can be difficult, they need to happen so that we know and we're prepared and we're ready for whatever is going to happen, knowing that at the end of the day, everything is happening because we're getting to a point where it's going to be better for everyone. The collective as a whole is going to raise in frequency and we're going to eventually get to the point where we don't have to worry about war and we don't have to worry about dictators and we don't have to all these other things because that's not what we're here for. I think we've learned those lessons and as a whole, as a collective, the majority of the world is like, no, we don't want to, we don't want to go to war anymore or agree. Like, yes, these systems are no longer working and the minority that is in power is no longer serving the people. And 
it's it sounds corny but truly the power of the people will and always has been more powerful than the people in power absolutely it is one like the the energy is power back to the people and that started getting triggered in 2020 but 2022 i like actually know an astrologer that did her workshop for 2022 and called it power back to the people like Uh that is the energy that we're moving into um and absolutely i agree like this these wars that are happening now it's it's the end of war at the same time but that also is going to be big energy right yeah. So a little bit more on just the war and we'll, we'll try, I'll try and end it on like a positive note, but on <laughs> a little bit more on the war, how do you, how do you perceive the war in Ukraine ending or the war with, you know, Russia and Putin? Like, how do you perceive all of that on an energetic level that it's going to continue to happen? It's going to stop. Like, where are we at on, on your take? Yeah. And to be honest, I'm still trying to figure out my role in speaking about like big international affairs and for it, like it, I'm trying to figure out my role there. Cause I have, you know, opinions, um, but I am not an expert in Ukraine and Russia. And that is some deep historical stuff as well. And I know there's a lot of people hurting. So I'm, um, careful to figure out what my role is. I will say the Ukraine and Russia also have a chart. Um, right. And I, um, there's actually an astrologer and I can send, I can't remember her name right now that I follow on TikTok that went really deep into their charts and it's not far off the U S stuff. So uh-huh. there's, they're going through some Pluto stuff. They're going through some deep old wounds. Like, and so, you know, and we can isolate these as, okay, Russia's going through its thing. Ukraine's going through just like you're going to go through your thing. Your husband's going to go through, you know, his thing and your mom's going to go through her thing, but it's all going to mesh together in some way. Right. And so if all three of these countries are going through wildly turbulent times and they're huge parts of how the entire world operates, like it's just going to be, is cataclysmic a word? Yeah. Like cataclysmic, like it's just gonna, I don't want to use the word nuclear because it, it could be literally nuclear, but it's like, it is, it's, it's that energy. Um, but it's going to, it feels like it will, will burst in some way, but it'll be that, that final, almost like that final tipping point. And that's what I, like, I don't actually feel like we're, we're at the tipping point yet, but I, I see that happening quite soon. And I think through this war, we will see some of that and other ways that can happen. And this is very, so we have Uranus and Taurus and the North node in Taurus. So it's very much about resources and supply chain. And I don't watch the news, but you know, stuff just shows up on my social media that I don't even realize, but I like, so there's gas prices and the, and Russia, you know, Russia's doing something to like all these sanctions and restrictions about resources. And I know Ukraine supplies a a lot of stuff. Um, like I think we, and just like supply chain wise, this is going to, you know, move more towards local communities. People are going to have to figure out how to feed themselves. People are going to have to figure out how to get their own local resources. And if you're not already doing that, I, I highly encourage that because I think that that will continue. And we see this already, you know, with the truckers convoy and, and Canada and the U S and these supply chains are going to, and it's not just domestic. It's that's going to be completely exposed through, through this war as well. I think we're going to see a lot of shifts in money too. 
mm-hmm. and how all that works. I think there's probably a heck of a lot of dirty money involved in this war that will be exposed. That's part of the what's going to be exposed with the Scorpio South node. Um, there's just so much complexity to it, but I do feel like it is the tipping point, like for sure. Okay. And if you made it this far in the podcast, you're probably waiting for what I'm waiting. The upside is and will come. There is another side, right? Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I think like the only reason so many people have made it through the last couple of years is because we have to have hope. Yeah. Right. We have to, we know there's something better and talk about, you know, soul purpose, North node, all this stuff. Like so many people feel lost right now, but there's something inside of them that are like, I am here for a reason, right? There's something, even if you have no idea what that is, there's like, you, you just have this deep knowing of, I am here for something better. I'm here to be part of that. Um, and you have an Aquarius rising, so you're a big part of that, but, um, there's just this inner knowing and, um, a lot of us have had, you know, crazy childhoods and have dealt with lots of traumas so that we could move through these times and kind of come up on, on the other end. But the other end, like, is just, I feel like it's just so beautiful. Like I can, I can see it. I don't know exactly when or how or what, but I, I feel like in our lifetime, certainly our children's lifetime, it's going to fully be more into this back to the community where people are like, not like not even going to school, not even going through all of these systems, like where they're just born and they learn how to grow food and play and have fun and like do the things that they want to do and are meant to here to be and have all these different roles, like within their community and all be kind of part of this greater whole. Um, but I just like, I don't know. I'm just like picturing everyone in this big field and everyone's happy and frolicking and dancing and growing big green food and with the animals. And it's just so beautiful. So yeah, there is hope. We all, we wouldn't still be here having gone through so much trauma individually and collectively, if we didn't have a deep knowing that it was worth it. Right. Right. And I want to bring it back to the better that we are individually, the better that we can help our families and then extend that to our communities and extend that to our cities and towns and states and so forth and so on. And so this is really the time to find inner peace, to find inner knowing, to connect to your source, whether that be God, the divine, whatever you want to call it, and bring it back to that individual growth, because if, again, there's a 51% of us that are good and are stable and are sovereign and aren't falling into this fear-mongering trap, the transition from all of this collective crumble into the next dimension, the next evolution, is going to be so much easier. And I think that I would love to bring Mr. Rogers into this. He's my fave. We're best friends. We... He was like, OG, um, OG amplifier of love, find the helpers or be the helper. Like if you cannot find a helper, be the helper for everyone around you. And I think that that's going to be increasingly important as, as we see things unfold. And I know it can feel really scary, but meditation, finding peace, finding yourself is going to be key. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your beautiful wisdom. I know that you've brought me a lot of joy and happiness and understanding. Where can people find you? And I will post all of your links in the show notes, but I would love for you to to tell me more. 
Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. I could talk to you forever. Um, and I, I do want to see your chart. I'm super interested now. Um, but you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram and all my stuff's pretty much the same. So it's that's soul astro, um, with like two S's. So that's soul astro. Um, and that's also my website. So that's soulastro.com. And then my email is jesse at that soul astro. Um, and I also do have a TikTok. I'm just dabbling in that a little bit, but um, I'm most active on Instagram. My website is where all of my courses and readings and workshops are located. Um, yeah, that's it, I think. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Make sure you hit that follow button to never miss an episode. Share and tag to let me know that you're listening or share with someone that you know needs to be a part of this movement. To get the most out of this community, your community, I encourage you to join the exclusive Law of Love Community Facebook group and follow the podcast on Instagram at lawoflove.podcast. You can also send me an email at hello at lawoflovecommunity.com. If you would like to help support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon and get exclusive perks. 